Welcome to Speaking from Experience, presented by APR Media Studios. And welcome back to Speaking from Experience, and I am very, very excited. I have in studio with me Rachel Wolf. And Rachel, we have known each other now for what? Probably more than 10 years. Probably more than 10 yeah. years. Yeah. I met you when I first came to Jennings County as a as a history teacher, had you in class, mm-hmm. um, and you were a tremendous student. Only for you. <laughs> <laughs> you were for me. I yeah. mean, you really were. Um, but we, when I reached out to you, since even in high school and since then, you've had some ups and downs. Mm-hmm. But you are a person who blows me away with your creativity. Um, And even when you're in my class, when you are motivated for something, you are one of the most impressive people I know. And I I wanted to kind of tell your story and give you a chance. So thank you so much for being here. I'm glad to be here. So let's go all the way back. And in high school, let's just start right there. And I mean, we can even go back farther before I knew you. But in school, you say you were a good student for me. (laughs) Yeah. Why were you not in other classes? I don't know. I um, like in history class. I always uh, I understood it. I felt um, like confident in it, and um, I had a good time in the class. And other stuff, I would um, struggle with it. Like if I felt like I didn't understand something, I would kind of give up on it. I think that's why I did so good in your class because I, you know, for some reason that just clicked with me. And I was like, okay, I got this. And I just went with it. And see, that that surprises me, too, because in a lot of other areas in your life, y- you don't quit mm-hmm. in, in things that you do. You know, right. you have you have a um, a resiliency and a grit about you that you don't. So it's interesting to me in school. And, and we all know that school is not designed for everybody. It's not. I, I do so much. If you take me, like, for work, I... And it can't be sit down. I have to run around. I have to be doing stuff. And from school, even all the way up, I ended up taking my GED class and I was trying not to fall asleep. I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't hang in school. I didn't, I didn't do well. And you know, and that's something that I've tried to remember. And even as an adult, I forget where I was. Oh, I was, I was at the principal's conference just a couple weekends ago and even sitting in their sessions and, and the sessions were like 45 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. I struggled yeah. because even more now than probably before, because as a principal, my day, I'm up, I'm moving, I'm constantly doing something. Right. So to just sit and listen to somebody for an hour, I couldn't hardly keep my eyes open. No. It was hard. No, especially when it came to like math or science or something that I, you know, I might have missed part of it or I didn't understand it. And then it was basically just going on to something more I didn't understand. I was just like, oh my gosh. So I, I did really well on my, like, um, as far as being like smart in school, uh, my GD test, I took my GD 2011. So I think I was supposed to be in 10th grade, but I was uh, still at, an, at the high school I was in ninth grade. Yep. So then I transferred to the alternative, the JCEC, and my GD scores were awesome in everything. Even in math, I, I don't know how I pulled it off, but I ended up, I got my scores back like two years ago when I started going to Ivy Tech. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that was smart. <laughs> what? But do you think part of that is, too, is that you saw that there was an opportunity for you to be done in yeah. a sense? That, oh, yeah. You know, and I think that's a that's a struggle for a lot of kids in high school that we deal with is, oh, my gosh, I got four years. And when you get behind, just like you just said, mm-hmm. all right, I'm really supposed to be a sophomore, but 
I'm credit wise, I'm a freshman. Now I'm looking at five years. Mm-hmm. There's a little more motivation to say, hey, I can go pass this, this GED test oh, yeah. and, and move on with life. Yeah. And you can, you, they, the way that they um, talked to me about it, they were like, you know, you're behind. If you take this test, you can get started in college earlier. Or, you know, and to me, I wanted to get working. So mm-hmm. that was a big thing. And, and uh, once I realized I could do that, I, th- I tried to go back to the high school. I thought about it. I did actually the um, Versailles school for mm-hmm. a little bit this year. That was cool. Um, but in the end, it, it was just like, okay, let's just take this test and, and get out of here. And, and once your mind is there, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's tough for kids too, because I would say this about you, and I don't know if you'd agree with it. I found you to be a very mature mm-hmm. child oh, yeah. and student. Um, I shouldn't say child, young mm-hmm. adult uh, yeah. when I knew you, but you were very mature for your age. You didn't deal with a lot of the, the, the other high school drama that was going on or whatever the big thing going on yeah. at the school was that day. You didn't really involve yourself in right. it. <laughs> My own stuff going on. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, definitely. That's that's another reason I think I kind of detached from it because um, I went through a lot of stuff when I was younger that made me not um, feel, I don't know how you'd say it, like equal I didn't feel at the same level as like maybe girls my age did or other other kids. So like there was a lot of detachment there where I was like, well, we're not really talking about the same stuff that, you know, that didn't go on with you. So, you know, then you kind of keep to yourself and you got your own life going on. So, yeah, th- that was a big part of it. Why why did you what why did you not feel equal to them? Well, I just felt I would. um, uh, I don't know how to say it, I guess. um there was things that I would go through when I was younger, um, like family things or uh, things where uh, a lot of adult situations. And um, then I would spend time with friends who were like supposed to be my age. And we would, you know, and then and we would have fun together, but I didn't really have as much fun uh, doing regular things anymore because I, I feel like I had already been through all the stuff and I had been mature um, through that. And then this other person's like, oh, let's go to the pool. And I'm like, well, that sounds lame. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, 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 I'm beyond that now because I agree with you. I mean, I, if someone at, at 34 years old, my age right now, somebody's like, let's go to the city pool. That, that sounds like the most miserable afternoon of my <laughs> exactly, life. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but so, and I think it's really interesting when you say that, you know, because I also think, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's why we connected so well, because one thing I love to do was to, to really talk to my students and mm-hmm. talk to them. And, you know, I guess in an adult way of just trying to get to know them, know their lives. Mm-hmm. And and I think that you probably gravitated towards that because it was somebody that you could talk to on, yeah. on a more adult level. Yeah, because you were a younger teacher I was. at that point. Yeah. So I think that's probably a good reason, too, why I got along in your class, because I was like, you know, I felt more at home there than the other ones for sure so so okay so we get to that point you don't really feel like you belong you've you've went over to take your ged where, where does life take you from there oh my gosh so many places i went um i worked around seymour for a while i never really worked in north Vernon. i always went to seymour and um i worked in seymour for a while i um helped out with my dad a lot my dad worked construction and he um, didn't have his license. So a lot of times I was working, but I was driving him, you know, to crazy jobs and stuff all the time. And then um, my mom's brother, my uncle, just called me out of the blue and was like, do you want to come to Florida? And I was like, uh, yeah. So <laughs> I went to Florida and then I went to Pennsylvania, New York, 
I did all kinds of that stuff, but I basically left North Vernon right after that. I came back a couple times, but yeah, I left them. I was 17 and I went to Florida the first time. And in Florida, you were training horses, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so how do you end up, because I knew that you had always had a passion for horses. Yeah. Um, so how do you end up down there and, and training horses? So it was, it was kind of crazy because uh, I went down there and I don't think anybody, um, I think a lot of people kind of counted me out because I didn't finish high school. So like when I got down there, I think he kind of thought I was just going to be like a dummy and like just uh, whatever, do it, you know. And when I got there, I was like, well, I need money. And uh, so I, I went and got a job. I didn't know how to do the horses other than just like being around them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's so much that goes into taking care of a horse that you don't even have any idea. And then you start and I just went and found a random job. And I was like, oh, I got to be there at five. So <laughs> see you guys tomorrow. And I started working there with a person. And um, in the horse business, you travel. You go from track to track for like mm-hmm. meets. So that's how I ended up bouncing around so much as I would travel with people and um I would go back to stay with my uncle Nick sometimes that he did his own thing kind of because basically I got down there and I was like okay thanks see you later (laughs) (laughs) thanks for the invite now I'm on my own (laughs) so at 17 years old and again I think this goes back to show your maturity but at 17 years old was there any did you have anxiety or concern I mean I'm moving because I also know this you and your family are extremely, extremely tight. Oh yeah. Um, and so to, to 17, just jump and say, I'm headed to Florida. I'm on my own. Was there any, or were you so tough that you, uh, I wouldn't say tough. I would say I was so, um, 17 and like, yeah, I was like, Oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing things. And, uh, so when I first left, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Um, as time went on, then yeah, I, it got really hard for me. But oh yeah, I was I was, you know, basically going to California at that point. I was I was good with it. You you had set your mind that mm. this is what I'm gonna do. And, yeah, and see, I'll give you credit there too. I think that's something. And I'll be honest. I mean, even in my past, there were things that I always thought I wanted to do, or or I guess adventures. I would say I'd want to take. And I and you let life and safety and comfort keep you from doing it so mm-hmm. i will give you credit even in that sense of being willing to say you know what i i do have some anxiety and some worries but mm-hmm. i'm not going to show it you know i'm gonna yeah. fake it until i make it right. and just say yeah i'm going after it oh yeah yeah uh charlie says that to me all the time he's so he's so mad that i uh left and went and did that he said i've always been here i was like it's so comfy here you can call mom anytime you don't have to worry if you get a flat tire i was like it's hard you don't want to do it but but is that what has made you who you are oh yeah definitely it really has there's there's a lot of difference now i can see from being by myself for so long and not that you know my family didn't help me um yeah, but we were always doing different things because, like I said, I basically went down there and I was like, "Okay, thanks for bringing me to Florida," and um, you know, definitely I had, I went my own way and and had to deal with stuff that happened on my own a lot. To go back to that, you know, when you talked about in high school and those things, you didn't feel equal. Mm-hmm. As you're going through that and kind of on your own, and, and even to today, I guess, do you, do you still ha- still have those feelings or do you feel now that you are, you know, you are equal? Because like you said, some people took you as, well, she's probably not very intelligent because she didn't finish high school, those kind of things. 
Um, I would say it went away as I went on because uh, once you get into like the workforce, you people don't know you. So mm-hmm. that actually helped me a lot because, you know, nobody knew that I didn't finish high school or I didn't do this or whatever. I basically got to start out and which is hard because when you're, you know, 17, 18, uh, you know, I'm sure I didn't make the, you know, the best choices um, that I wanted people to like know me. At. Like, that's probably not the adult me that I would present. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, yeah, that really helped me overcome a lot of that. And plus, you're with people of all different ages. Mm-hmm. I'm not stuck with. Um, just my peers anymore. I'm with older. I always one of my, my best friend for like five years is 62. So <laughs> yeah, I did a lot better in the workforce than I did, you know, getting along with people. Well, and I'm sure for you too. Just like you said, when you want to learn, get me up, get me moving, let me like, hands on type stuff. Mm-hmm. That's in the workforce. It's about what can you do for us. It's not about can you sit down and take this test. It's right. not about can you answer these questions. Oh, yeah. Or even the point of can you just do this homework? Not even the fact of, are you learning it, but do you just do it? Mm -hmm. So now you've got that opportunity that I can really shine because this is what I'm good at and this Mm -hmm. is what I can do. Yeah. I I really love it because, and uh, you know, like I said, I didn't know that much about horses. um, You know, the inner workings of it until I basically was like, I started working for somebody and that's their money. Is a horse. So it was kind of like, you need to learn this right now. And then it would be cool because it was kind of like a competitive thing with other people. And I, I'm really bad about being competitive <laughs> at work. And um, so that was really cool for me because I was learning stuff every day, but I was also seeing what other people were doing. I was like, well, I want to do that too. I can do that better. Yeah. yeah. You want to pick up every little yeah. tip that so you can. I, I really ate that up with the horses for sure. So from Florida, then you end up in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. still training horses mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania. Yep. Is that with a different group now? Did you jump or? Um, I pretty much stayed with the same person I worked for. He was a really nice guy. Um, you know, uh, he had a daughter my age too. So I kind of just jumped in the family there and, um, we, we worked in Pennsylvania and when you live in, when you race in Pennsylvania, there's, um, about, I, I mean, four other tracks that are close by like in driving range. Mm-hmm. So we were all, all the time in New York. Um, and, uh, I think New Jersey has one too. So there was a lot of traveling and, um, yeah, Pennsylvania is beautiful. I lived in the Poconos. Oh yeah. Yeah. So people are always talking about vacationing there and I'm like, I live there. Yeah. That's just, that was <laughs> yeah. my address. Yeah. <laughs> So then what brings you back here to Indiana? Well, for one, I really miss my family and I'm also really stubborn. So um, when I did this for so long and it's hard, the horse, it's, it's hard on your body. You, you can make good money. That's true. But there's not insurance. There's right. not anything like that. So basically you're, you're you know. You're gambling. You're gambling yeah. with your body. Right. And so at, at that point, I was like, oh, my gosh, I miss my family. And, uh, you know, Charlie and Sam were about to graduate high school, I think, when I came back. And um, I was like, well, I'll just come back for a little bit anyway. And then once I got here, I was like, I don't want to leave again. <laughs> this is better. And so when you get back, you obviously the the horse racing industry in Indiana isn't as big as some no. of the other areas you're at. So what did you come back looking for? What did you want to accomplish? Um, you know, I really wasn't sure. I think I was just tired because um, that's a long... I was, I think, 22 when I came back. So I was 17 to 22, just bouncing around. And, you know, uh, 
if I made a bad decision with money or anything like that, that was all on me. There's, there, you know, if you had no money, there was no food, stuff like that. So you just had to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think by the time I came back, I was just like, oh my gosh. But I was so stubborn when I was out there. I was like, I can do this. I, I you know, I got. I'm it. not calling anybody. Oh, I'm yeah. not asking. I can see that in you a, yeah. a thousand percent. <laughs> yeah. So by the time I actually did come home, I was like, Oh, I'm just so happy to be here. Like whatever happens, I don't even care what yeah. I have to do. Yeah, I don't care. You know, I'll visit the horses. <laughs> but, yeah. So isn't it amazing too? Because I had that same feeling when I was in high school. I swore up and down that I was never going to be in a small town again. I, mm-hmm. I was not going to live in a one stoplight town like I grew up and I was going to be in Chicago or, you know, Cincinnati or somewhere where things were happening. Mm-hmm. And I always joke, then I ended up living in Vernon and there was no stoplights. Yeah. And, <laughs> but you know what? As I grew up and I probably had even when I first came to Jennings County, 24 or 25, probably resented that a little bit. And the fact that, mm-hmm. you know, my ultimate goal was to leave again and get to the city. But now at at 34 with two boys and raising a family, you're exactly right. There's there's no place better. No, there's not the the bigger the city the the bigger the city the colder it is. So you're you're on your own. You're on your own. And here, I mean, I just there's so many people that you don't even know that knew like your parents or your yep. grandma and, and they're like on your team. They're mm-hmm. there for you and you have no idea about it. So yeah, it's, it's a huge difference. It's a good feeling. Absolutely. And you know, it's, it's the same way, you know, with our boys, you know, our boys can go to a basketball game and run around and, you know, a thousand people that are there all know whose kid that mm-hmm. is and are all watching out yes. for him and all. So it is, and, and we put it down way too much mm-hmm. because it Definitely. is, a, it is a great place. So you end up back here. What's our next steps once we're here? So once I got here, um, Charlie and Sam were, uh, I think, like, um, junior and senior in high school. Um, And my mom pretty much was just, you know, taking care of them, getting them where they need to go. I don't think they all had the license yet. So I went to work at um, TA Mm -hmm. in Seymour. I worked there for three years. And um, it was really cool. it was like, uh, I, I never thought of myself as a waitress because I always worked outside, mm-hmm. but I got along with the truck drivers. So that's probably the best place for me to be a waitress at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I always loved when you would make, I didn't love it. it. It would frustrate me when you would make posts about people not tipping you. Oh, yeah. And, and not that you made them all the time, but that's got to be as a waitress, like the worst thing in the world. Oh, yeah. Well, I think um, like. The truck stop got uh, counted out as far as like people thinking of that as like a tipping place sometimes because the drivers had to go there. There's nowhere else for them to park. So I think sometimes in their mind, they were like, oh, I have to go there. There's no option. This is regular. But um, yeah, I would get pretty upset because, you know, they they were, um, you know, they would talk a lot of crap there and make a lot of mess. And Mm -hmm. so then when I would come out and I'd be like, oh, and and you don't tip also. okay, (laughs) thank you. You are the complete package. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because that's, you know, that, and I have never waited tables in my life. It is not a job I've ever had and it is not a job I ever want to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not knocking people who do it at all. No, it's hard. It, I, it I, is not for me. No, no. Because I would get very upset and say things to people mm-hmm. I shouldn't. Um, but that's why anytime I have a waitress, I try to over tip them. Yeah, me too. Same. I've, my mom was a waitress whenever I was younger. And then I did it at the truck stop. And then um, I actually waitressed at a couple of places in Greenwood 
um, when I moved up there. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard. Every single person I've ever worked with, they've got kids, they've got a family, they're, you know, running around. And if you decide that you're not going to pay your part, I mean, that's their salary. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's more than what you're not like doing someone a favor by tipping them. No. And they're not they're not going out and buying a new Corvette. No, <laughs> they're trying <laughs> no, to live. No, And I will say um, for waitressing, uh, it's it's like when my dad was sick, um, I could not have had a different job because it's so flexible. And that's why people do that. They're in school mm-hmm. and, um, you know, your waitress might be going to school to be a, you know, a nurse or a doctor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe you should, you know, they get a bad rap. And um, they're actually doing a lot bigger things. That's why we have to have a flexible schedule. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I saw this on, on Facebook and we're actually a group of our friends is getting ready to do it. Have you seen the group that posted about they do the breakfast and everybody brings $100? Oh, I saw that. Yeah. I did yeah. That. So we're going to try and do that over yeah. the holidays. Oh, and everybody brings $100 and just to change somebody's life mm-hmm. like that. Like, it would. I mean, that's. I, it really would. Because, again, like you just said. People are either doing it because they're on to bigger things or they have kids at home that they're yeah. trying to raise. They need that mm-hmm. flexible schedule to be able to do it. Or it's a second job to make ends yeah. meet. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, 99% of the time, if there's an issue at the restaurant, it's not your wait, waiter waiter or waitress's right. fault in any way. For sure. And I feel like immediately if, if there's a problem, a lot of the petty things that people will not tip over or will make um, a scene over... Like most of the time, if you just bring it to someone's attention, like even if your waitress or your waiter is is not right there, you can tell a manager or something. I feel like everywhere I've worked has been like so quick to fix things. Yeah. So like even if your steak is bad, like here's another one. Yeah, I everywhere I've worked that has been like that. And I have never it's it has frustrated me. And I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back, but because I'm a people watcher, that's my sociology background. Mm -hmm. But when I sit and I watch people and I can tell they're not going to tip a waitress. And if I have the same waitress and I'm overhearing them complaining, I, I immediately am going to tip even more. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, we were actually just at Cracker Barrel the other day. And when I checked out and put the tip on the receipt, the lady was like, did you hit that wrong? And I'm like, no, Yeah. I said the next table over that she was serving to, they're not going to tip her at all. And yeah. the lady's like, really? And I said, no, I, I already heard them. Mm-hmm. They're going to round the dollar up. So she's going to get like 32 cents. Right. I'm like that's just, yeah, and, and it doesn't do anybody any favor. I think, I think, um, like when you're, like their tips are their salary. So, um, you know, if you go to no tipping, then you're going into where the food costs more, and you're not going to get a personalized mm-hmm. experience like you came there to get. So, I think it's like everybody's personal responsibility. And, and I want, not that I want to be known, but. Obviously, we're in a small town. I oh, see yeah, a lot of the same waitresses. I, I worked at Lakeside Pizza. We know. <laughs> we know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not that I need to walk in. Everybody needs to be like, oh, there's Dustin Roller. It's yeah. so great. That's not the case. But I don't want to walk in and a waitress be like, oh, my gosh, I yeah. got him again. Just yeah. because if I'm going out to eat, going to spend the money, I want to have a good time. Right. I want a waitress exactly. that, that wants to be there, that mm-hmm. will have a conversation with me, joke with me. So I, I want them to be like, oh, hey, cool. They're back in again. Let's go. Yeah, let's go it's work a for huge them. deal. Anybody who's doing that is doing it because they're they're getting through, you know, their life is happening to them and they're trying to yeah. do their best to get through it. So there's no reason to. And the other thing that I would say that I think we we forget way too often is they're allowed to have a bad day too. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it will happen. There was days where I would go in and I would be like, okay, 
you know, super good mood. And, um, you know, the first like two or three things that happen, everybody's watching you. It's it, it, when you're like me, I can get anxiety like that. I just get, you know. And uh, so when you feel like people are like, oh, I don't like her. And then that kind of makes you like, oh, OK, and you have to keep going through that. And after a couple of those, that can turn your day around, you know. Yeah. So it's it's everybody's experience. And that's a, that's the a whole thing. I mean, all of us have bad days. Mm-hmm. All of us have off days. All mm-hmm. of us woke up not feeling the best, but still crawled into work because it's what we needed to do. Yeah. And I think sometimes we when we're sitting there, we forget those things that, hey, I had a crappy day three days ago. I was just lucky enough. Nobody I didn't have to go serve everybody. I could hide a little bit Mm -hmm. from everybody seeing me. So so after T.A., Mm -hmm. you go to Greenwood. Yep. I went to Greenwood um, because my boyfriend um, does the uh, electric poles and the line work. Yep. So he got a better job up there. And that was really hard for me because um, I never worked up there. So now I have an apartment, car payment, all, all this stuff going on. And I'm basically starting a new job. And they were all waitress jobs, which is why I'm so adamant about that. Like, be nice <laughs> to people. And um, so, yeah, it wasn't my favorite. It was it was tough time for me. I was, like, uh, by myself a lot. And I was working, you know, meeting new people. It was, like, a big struggle. But, you know, I took it, like... Like I took, I always run off somewhere and start over. So I was like, I got it, whatever. But yeah, this one I wasn't too happy about. So I ended up coming back to, you know, and I still have my place up there. I stay there um, a lot of times, but I also come and stay with mom. So it's like a balance. So when you talk about, you know, starting over and meeting new people, and I know you, you, you've talked a little bit about your anxiety and what it can do. Mm -hmm. Does that really hold you back from meeting new people? Uh, sometimes I can, um, the, yeah, I, I can talk myself out of it. If I, if I let myself think about it, then yeah, um, it will. But, um, for the most part, um, I've been pretty lucky, um, as far as it not, um, I, I've made a lot of good friends and stuff through working up there and it, it wasn't too bad, but I definitely feel it myself. It, whether I shared it or not with other right. people, I felt it a, a lot. Whether you worked through it or not, mm-hmm. it was there. And, you know, my anxiety that I deal with, I think it it's the same thing. Like, I immediately think, and it, it's this sounds so awful if people don't deal with it. But I think when I meet someone new or I'm, you know, I'm in a new place, my first thought is, are, are we really going to be friends? Is it yeah. going to be... Am I going to end up not liking them? Is it going to end up being more trouble than it's worth? Mm-hmm. And I, I create all of these issues in my mind yeah. that aren't even there. Yeah. But I create them for myself. For sure. I think I have like a social meter. <laughs> and um, so like I, I have so many people that I met and I adore them. But I am also really careful about how much plans I want to make <laughs> and how available I seem because, um, yeah, People will take, and if you're somebody like me, some people have it. Some people love to be around people all the time, but that's not me. I like to go home and, you know, put the blackout curtains up and, you know, go be by myself. But see, I think that's funny too, because, and this is why people, I think, look at me so weird when I say those things. And I would say the same thing about you. People don't realize that you can be that way, but obviously in working and waitressing, you have to be on point you have to put on this i don't want to say a show because you are a very sweet person but but same thing for me as a principal i deal with people all day long i'm I'm social all day long and 
I think that's part of it is that, you know, I always joke and say, if I made Subway sandwiches all day, I wouldn't want to eat Subway for dinner. It's kind of the same thing when I get home. Like once I'm done with people, oh yeah, I'm done. Yeah, like, I definitely. Don't, I don't want to yeah. go that's how talk I feel. to people more. That's why I don't think I really ever um, got into going out like to the clubs and because mm-hmm. I like like personalized experience. When I'm with my friends, I like to you know do something with just that friend or just a couple friends. I don't. Um, there's. Uh, a lot of people my age that feel most comfortable when they're like at a bar or something like that and there's tons of people around them and they're friends with everybody i envy those people because i'm just like man that must be fun but to me i feel so much better if i you know fight me and my best friend are just watching tv together or we, we go have dinner together i would agree with that too i yeah. think that's the you know i've always said that too i've got a lot of buddies that love going to the casino mm-hmm. I'd rather sit around and play cards at my house. Yes, I think that's such a more personalized experience. Because when I spend time with someone, because it's so important to me um, when I do spend my time. So when I do choose to spend time with somebody, I just want to be with that person and enjoy the time. And I just feel like um, like social stuff takes a lot out of me. So like once I get, and I'll try to go out, but by about halfway through it, I'm like, let's go home. And, yeah <laughs> and then you start the why did i do this right i knew this wasn't gonna yeah. work I and i try for people but you know it's it's better i have a way better time just being one-on-one with people or just in a close group yeah for sure and i i can i can totally agree and feel with that and mm-hmm. and it's i think for me too and and it's that I, I have I have lots of acquaintances and friends but those that are really close to me I, I want it more quality than quantity of time, Definitely. I guess is what I, what I would say. So, so you end up in Greenwood. Mm-hmm. It's not really the great fit for you. You said you still got the place there. Yeah. Now you are kind of back a little bit, right. split in time and you're at Walmart distribution now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it there. So how did you go from I'm waitressing, I'm working on horses to I'm at Walmart DC. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think um, Walmart DC has always been there. Like I think they, people have worked there since like the day I was born. So I know people there right now that have started like December '93, and um, so I always knew it was there. And I was like, that's a good job. One day when I'm ready to, you know, be here all the time, I'll probably apply for that. And I had known so many people that applied, and they took like six months to hire on. So by the time I actually did put my application in there, I didn't even think that they were going to call me. They called me the next day. I was like, oh, okay, I work here now. So <laughs> let me rearrange things, yeah. So I ended up um, getting that job, which was like thrilled me, because like I said, I, I always thought it was a good job, and I always wanted to get it. But, you know, I didn't ever think um, I was going to be here. Because factories, our warehouses, um, aren't like waitressing. So, like, you can't be late because this happened and this happened, right. you know. So I was like, mm, I don't know if I'm ready to set myself up for this. And... Um, but yeah, I ended up going and um, I got weekend night shift and uh, I don't do anything on weekends anyway. So it worked out perfect for me. I'm actually the longest person on my shift. Really? Yeah, because nobody likes to work the weekend nights. See, I think I would ra- I think I would want that that mm-hmm. shift. Me too. Um, because you end up with more time off during the week anyway. Uh, and anything you want to go during, do during the week is going to be less busy than what it is on the weekend. So... I can kind of see where you're coming from. Now, I think I would struggle with nights. I think I would have mm. to totally change myself yeah. from what I've done for the last mm-hmm. 15 years. But so you love it. 
Um, what is it that you love about it? Um, so it, it reminds me a lot of when I was working with the horses because it's like a, kind of a really big building. Mm-hmm. Um, so I work in the shipping area. So I got, you know, a huge free roam area of where I'm going and tra- I'm doing all kinds of different things. I'm always moving. And uh, there's challenges there like there was before in serving. There was challenges, but they were more like social challenges. Right. So these are like personal achievements that, you know, I see somebody do something. I'm like, oh, you know, how do I learn how to do that? So I kind of hang around that person for a while and, you know, pick up what they're doing. And um, so, yeah, I think and it, it really does remind me. I don't know how necessarily, but there's a lot of things that remind me of when I used to do the horses. So I feel really at home there. And your competitiveness comes out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And you're not relying on, like we talked about with tipping, you're right. not relying on someone else to, when you do a good job, I think that would be the thing with waitressing too. You can do a great job and then end up with nothing. Right. At least if you're doing a great job at Walmart DC, you know you're going to be rewarded for it. Definitely. And I was lucky. It works good for me because, um, you know, there, there's the four shifts there and there's obviously way more people on day shift for the weekends and the week part. So I actually got really lucky for who I am and how I work in Excel. I did. I got so lucky being put in the group I was put in because it's smaller and there was more opportunity to learn because, um, you know, there's people on uh, the day shift. There's, there's so many of them that everybody is trying to move forward. So it's, it's a lot harder there. So for me getting put where I was put, it was just like nothing but room for, you know, you, you had that happen. road to yeah. go up. Mm-hmm. So I also want to I want to transition there because I, one other thing that I'm always so impressed with you is your artwork. And yeah. you are a very, very talented artist. Oh, thank you. So where did your love of art kind of come from? I have always um, really loved to draw. Sam is very good at drawing, too. Uh, so I think both of us, we always like to, to do that at home. And um, the, with the painting, I saw it on Pinterest. So um, my boyfriend Tanner, I've I've been with him since I was 22. So we've had a lot of uh, you know ups. Uh, yeah, we've been through all that. But back um, when we first got together, something on Pinterest was like a back painting, and I was like, that looks cool. He's like, I'm down. I was like, yes. I think that's the coolest thing in the world. I mm-hmm. love when you do them. Yeah, I know. I have so much fun with them, and uh, I haven't done one for a while because um, he enjoys them. So I'm like, he'll, he'll try to like take advantage because I was like, no, this is something I'm doing for me. It's not for you. <laughs> so yeah, I've been withholding them for a while, but yeah, definitely. Um, so I had fun with that. And then, and once I um, started doing that and messing with it, then I was doing all kinds of stuff, you know, crafty. And I think it comes, I think for me, you know, and, and I love tattoos mm-hmm. and I think that's what I love about the back paintings It's like, mm-hmm. it's. It's something that you can continually do, but it also amazes me. The artwork that people do that is not forever, I always find so intriguing because you put that time in, but it's not going to be there forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've got a photograph of it. Um, I watched a documentary the other day, a show, and it was about a guy who does these unbelievable paintings in dirty car windows. Oh my gosh. So like he wipes them away and it like the Mona Lisa and he'll recreate all these great but they're gone as soon as it rains. Yep. And to me, it's like unbelievable. You do all that work, but then it's gone. So, yeah. but it is, I, I love seeing them. I think it's so cool. Oh, yeah. um, I have fun doing them. They're relaxing for me. Tanner likes them. He's a good canvas. So yeah, <laughs> he gets a layer around. Yeah. And, 
Yeah, they're fun. So where do we go from here? You're you are you're very happy right now, mm-hmm. and I can tell that you've always been a very positive person. But the last few times I've gotten the chance to see you and talk to you, I feel like you're in a really really good place right now, um, and I can see how happy and excited you are. So, what's our goals? Where are we going to go from here? So I went to Ivy Tech for a little bit for um, supply chain logistics management, and I actually did that before I went to Walmart. So it just kind of went hand in hand after I, I went there. So that worked out good. So hopefully in the next couple of years, um, I will, uh, you know, try to go for management there. There's just so many things with it. I really love there. So that's what I'm going to put my um, time and energy into. Um, and I don't, I don't know a lot. A lot of my friends are getting houses. I um, have a fear of commitment. So <laughs> I just kind of bounce around and that's how I've always been. And so that used to bother me a lot. I'd be like, oh my gosh, why don't I want to get this you know because uh my grandparents have a lot of property mm-hmm. so ev- eventually it would um it would not be a big deal to build a house out there but then i'm like well i didn't like driving 40 minutes to to town to see my friends so i kind i kind of like being out and about you know i like going home too so i think for right now i i like having apartments what do you think causes that that fear of commitment hmm I don't know. I, I, I can, I think a lot of it goes back to me, um, just kind of like taken off when I was younger, because like I said, I moved probably every four months when I did the horses and it, you just get used to that. And, um, even being here, I've been home from that. So probably four years. And, um, that was always a big, uh, depression thing for me. I would get very depressed if I didn't start something new uh, or, you know, get something because I really lose interest in things. I, once I feel like I've achieved everything that I want to There's with no it. There's no more interest Right. In so then I'm kind of done with it. So, yeah, that's something at personal that I have to keep working on um, is finding new goals and being healthy about it, being, um, you know, setting stuff realistic that I can do and, and keeping focus on that. So. Well, and it's interesting to me. We interviewed um, the king of the hobos, and mm-hmm. he is a true, still um, American hobo, and jumps trains and, mm-hmm. and goes around and works. And it was amazing to me, and the way he described it, it made so much sense. As he said, "You get homesick." Mm-hmm. He said, "So when I go on vacation, which I'm the world's worst, like three days anywhere else is more than enough for me." Oh yeah. Um, and he's like, "So that's that's you getting homesick." He said, "I get wanderlust." He mm-hmm. said, "I can't stand." being anywhere for a long period of time. And at that point he had been here about two and a half weeks and he was like, it's time for me to go. Yeah. I I need to go. I need to be somewhere else. I need to see something else. And so it is, it's just, it's again, it's what makes humans great is how different we can be. So I will tell you this. I think you're fine. Well, even if all your friends are getting houses, do you? (laughs) And and, um, I think it's awesome that you're, you're finding those things and doing that. So here's the the other thing I want to ask you about. As we kind of look back, mm-hmm. obviously I am still working with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to a young Rachel that may be in high school now that's starting to feel those same things and saying, you know, I don't feel like I, I'm equal. I, I have friends. I don't want it to make it sound like you were this total outsider. You right. had tons of friends, oh, yeah. but you, did, you didn't fit in, not in the sense... I, saying you didn't fit in doesn't sound right but it's true Mm -hmm. 
you you were accepted. Yeah, you just I, did. I had my own group of friends, and we did our own thing. And it, yeah, it was, I, I don't want it to sound negative. I guess right, is what no, I'm trying I, to say. But <laughs> but you were just like we talked earlier. You were different in the sense that you had other things going on bigger than you know who got the na- the latest lip gloss or yeah, whatever right. was the big thing in high school. So mm-hmm. what would you tell a student right now that's kind of going through those things? For a really long time, I would always like. Um, be upset with myself like oh why didn't you just try harder you could have you know done this this, and this but now looking back I'm like it was never um something you would have been happy with like yeah you could have um you know buckled down and, and tried harder and when worked harder and got your high school like that's very true but um and I'm not encouraging anybody to, like to not do those things. I, I, you know, that's the easy way to go. That's the best, like most safe and, you know, productive way to go. But um, looking back at it now, like there was no other way for me. I had to. So just go with with what is best. It, it doesn't have to look right to everybody else. You know, whatever you feel in your heart is best to do. If you're spending every day at school and you're you're failing and you're beating yourself up about it because a lot of people think I didn't I didn't care. Because I would, uh, but you know, I would just kick myself every day. I'd be like, oh my God, why couldn't you have just, you know, been able to do that? See, that surprises me because I never got that feeling from you. Mm. I never got the feeling, even as a young teacher, I never looked at you and thought she doesn't even care about this. I looked at you and, and honestly, and that's probably, I mean, there's probably a lot of principals that would say this is crazy that I would have you on my podcast and talk about your path because no, I don't want any kid to leave the right, high school and not graduate. Right. But but I looked at you and knew that, yes, your path was going to take a lot of twists and turns mm-hmm. and ups and downs and backtracks and, and moving forward. But I always had confidence and knew that you would get to where you were supposed to be. Yeah. And, and I think that's what made it so easy for me just to say, I support you. Let's go and, yeah. and do what you need to do. Definitely. And um, yeah, uh for kids to um go through school and do you know graduate and everything like that um I think that's the best obviously way to go for sure um but when you're like me and you've had like some things go on where you're just you don't feel right and you want to get moving into something else your time is precious so if you're spending it every day at school you're not doing well get out and go you know put your efforts towards something because you never know you could you could go a million different I went to like five different states before I was 18 so you know um your time is precious and just put it into the goals that you need to put in and when we talk about mental health were you were you really miserable when you were in school um yeah uh not because of school because of me and and my life situations but going to school um made me uh, realized that a lot more because I wasn't into the things everybody else was. So that just kind of made me, feel, eh, you know, homecoming. <laughs> it just keeps building the fact that you right. don't fit in, that you're right. not supposed so, to be. Here. So in the end, like, do I wish I did that differently and better? Of course. But am I mad at myself anymore? No, I, I'm totally happy with, um, you know, I, I've got so many experiences. I'm pretty tough because of all the stuff that's happened. And I wouldn't trade that back for sure. And I think it's, I think it's really interesting when we talk about you know high school, and it's something that, and I, I don't know how to fix it, but it's something that's on my mind with it. When we talk about we're preparing kids for adulthood, mm-hmm. but like you just said, we really didn't prepare you for adulthood because you needed the opportunity to 
have a lot of different experiences than the traditional high school experience and um, the traditions that we hold on to there, like homecoming, mm-hmm. like prom, like that kind of stuff. You you needed more risk. You right. needed the opportunity to fail and come back and fail and come back. And I think so often in high school, in in public school and and in general, we try to protect you from failing mm-hmm. so much that you don't learn those experiences and those kind of things. And I, I will agree with you 100% because I will say I had you in class and you were beyond intelligent enough to not just graduate high school, but do very well in high school. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that you ever could have. Right, exactly. And, and, and I don't mean that in a knock in any way, shape or form. You mm-hmm. know the way I feel about you. But I think even if you had, I don't know that your mental health would have been in the spot that it, it should be. Oh, yeah. And and high school is a tough time for anybody. Uh, you know, that's a, a terrible time is when you're in high school. You're a teenager. There's nothing worse than that. It's, you know, it's everything is a huge deal. So when you add on top of that some, like, you know, experiences, it just makes it 10 times worse. So, um being dramatic in high school is like you know you have to be like that's just who you are your anatomy has designed you to be that way so yeah everything is um traumatic and and stuff like that and uh i was definitely you know in high school everything just was blown way out of proportion for sure so i you know i can see that being part of the reason why i didn't feel like i fit in there too because not it was regular stuff that was happening but to me it was it was huge you know, so I can I can see how kids feel that way, for sure. Well, we are at 45 minutes. Oh, my gosh. And I want to tell you this before we wrap up here, and I, and I mean this wholeheartedly, and I, I know that you know this, but I am so absolutely proud of you. Thank you. Um, you are by far one of my favorite students that I have ever had, um, and this is what... For those out there who are considering going into education, this right here is the reason to do it. And I mean it because I have been blessed that you and I have been able to stay in contact for pretty much the last 10 yeah. years. Oh, yeah. Um, whether it was through your brothers when I was coaching mm-hmm. them or or now we, we actually um, you know stay in touch on Facebook yeah. and those kind of things. I am so proud of you. I am Thank so you. excited to see where you go from there. And I want you to know that you make us very proud even though you took a non-traditional route mm-hmm. and um keep doing what you're doing keep impressing and, and just keep moving forward thank you so much thanks for coming on